Hey guys, welcome back to Kampai Sugai Podcast. Um, I have two guests with me today, but before I do that, I want to give a shout out to Mahalo Shoots. Uh, I I never gave them a, sh- a shout out ever, actually. And I, I, I've worn this shirt a few times in like different pictures and stuff. So shout out to Mahalo Shoots, um, Coach D. Uh, yeah, shout out to you, buddy. He does, if you guys meet him, or anything. He actually runs the Hawaii Entrepreneurs account as well. I don't okay. know if you guys are familiar with them, yeah. but um, Coach D does quite a bit of uh, marketing. <laughs> so this is one of his brands. So yeah, shout out to you guys. Anyway, um, today we have two guests. Usually we have one-on-one guests, but today we have two guests, which is pretty cool. And I'm pretty happy because we got some some good drinks. We We taped it, but I don't know if you guys are probably looking at the the can and thinking i know what this is all right (laughs) we don't we don't don't have to we don't have to cover this but just just for you know just for consistency i'm covering it up but you guys know what this is all right that's okay you can see the m all right if you zoomed in you can see the m anyway i got two guests with me today i'm very happy because this is going to be an educational episode for myself and hopefully for you so please give a round of applause for Alika Kane and Sean Culver. Culver or cover? Culver. You Culver. Got it right. Okay, good. And thank you. We're happy to be here. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining. And then, um, yeah, so like, you know, let's start this off because you guys run the HowToCryptoHawaii.com page. Um, but yeah, let's start this off with uh, how you guys got into cryptocurrency, first of all. I mean, it's such a, you know, it's crazy. It's been, it's been around for quite a while, honestly, but it's still foreign to people, you know, about the whole process and it's kind of growing. It's, it's evolving as well because there's more um, cryptocurrencies besides Bitcoin. There's Ethereum. Yes. Um, I don't know the other ones. I, it, it, I had it and then I kind of forgot it, but there's other ones out there. We'll, so we'll, we'll, we can dive all into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll dive yeah. into it. Yeah, we'll, we'll have some fun, but. Yeah, tell us, tell us how you guys got into cryptocurrency. Sure. So I first got into cryptocurrency in early, mid-2017 before Bitcoin uh, grew to $20,000 really quickly. But sort of in that time when it was growing f- more, than it, more than it ever had before and people were starting to hear about it for the first time, really. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us have maybe heard about Bitcoin before then in 2017. But just saw, but we just sort of thought it was offhand, internet money, Silk Road, not really sure what it is, how it works, and who really cares. But 2017 is when a lot of people really first started to uh, hear about it again and really learn about it. And so that's when I first learned about it as well. And I quickly became intrigued by this idea of natively digital money where there's only going to be 21 million Bitcoin. And so that sort of led me down the rabbit hole that a lot of people <laughs> go on, mm-hmm. where you not just learn more and more about Bitcoin, but you start to wonder, what is money even supposed to be? Mm-hmm. How does money work? How does money work today? You know, most of us don't really know how money works today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so over the last four plus years or so now, it's been a steady Um, journey into learning more about money, more about Bitcoin, more about crypto as a whole, and really being uh, following and learning about this space more and more. So, Alika, um, yeah, 
pretty much the same time around Sean, uh, as Sean, you know, 20, about 2017, mm -hmm. um, started hearing about it. Um, I think even Netflix had a little um, documentary called Betting on Bitcoin. So I mm. kind of watched that and I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty interesting. So mm -hmm. definitely started looking into it and kind of, you know, just, just what he said, started going down the rabbit holes. Like, okay, well, you know, what is, what is money really? Mm -hmm. And kind of, you know, just kind of going along with that. Um, as kind of like a local boy, born, uh, born and raised here, you know, you kind of, you know, try to keep your ear out, especially for things, you know, that kind of helps, you know, I want to say help grow wealth in a, in a sense, mm -hmm. um, only because, uh, I mean, everybody can, uh, from here can relate, right? We have, you know, high cost of living, you know, price uh, houses that are like, you know, in the millions now, that's, mm -hmm. the, that's the medium um, range and yeah. even on, around 20, uh, 2017 it was still kind of you know high so a studio price yeah <laughs> exactly you get, like yeah for like <laughs> half a million you get a yeah. you get a studio mm -hmm. right so that's kind of where I started to look into this you know this asset is something that you know can really help out you know locals here mm -hmm. so yeah and I've been kind of just uh, following along um, you know ever since then um, along the way um, met a guy named Sean uh, on the uh, Honolulu Bitcoin meetup group. Um, he's kind of being modest. He actually wrote a book called The Story of Money. It's really great. Oh. Um, I think a lot of locals, I mean, I would recommend it to a lot of people because a lot of people really don't, you know, we don't know money that well. And myself, you know, I only like started, you know, getting into it, you know, only since 2017. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once you kind of, you know, learn more and more about it, it kind of really opens up your eyes to everything. So between, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, <laughs> between, there's actually three of us. There's another guy named Dustin Robbins, uh, Robertson. He's actually the founder of How to Crypto Hawaii, but he lives on Maui. So, yeah. Wow. Right. You know, it's funny. Um, and thank you for mentioning the book, Alika. I was probably no, going to name drop it, at yeah. some point later, but you got it out right away. <laughs> the story of money, the journey from shells and shekels to bills and Bitcoin is on Amazon and anywhere where oh, you I can like find that books. Hmm. And it's funny because I remember driving to work with my dad sometime in 2016 because we, we both worked in the same area and we heard about bitcoin on the radio and i remember saying to my dad that this is the most obviously a bubble thing that has ever existed before <laughs> uh, how can there just be a new digital money mm. and now here we are four or five years later um you know i, I have put out a number of uh, pieces of educational content about Bitcoin and money, and we can talk about maybe some of those later. Yeah, let's get, you know, let's get into cryptocurrency because I think a lot of people, especially here in Hawaii, maybe even on the mainland, I mean, it's still foreign. So, I mean, what is cryptocurrency at, at its baseline and, and you know, what can people get, you know, just the basics about it? Yeah. Sure. So I, I think one of the things that makes it so hard to understand cryptocurrency is that there's so many different aspects of it. You know, Bitcoin is just money and Bitcoin is trying to be a form of digital money, mm -hmm. but other cryptocurrencies are trying to do other things. You know, they're, what do they want to be? Do they want to be social networks or NFTs mm -hmm. or whatever? Mm -hmm. And for people who are just trying to learn more about the space, it can be really overwhelming to know even where to start or to find good information uh, or to know what questions to ask or where to go. So for cryptocurrency, you know, I think the first place to start is really trying to understand Bitcoin itself. You know, what is Bitcoin? How does it work? And why does it matter? And so Bitcoin really boils down to it is a natively digital money that 
has a fixed monetary policy. So there's only going to be 21 million Bitcoin. Mm. Right now, there's about 19 million Bitcoin out there. And every 10 minutes or so, new Bitcoin goes out into the ether through the process of mining. But, you know, with, with money today, with dollars and the central banks and all this stuff, the amount of new money that gets created comes from, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve. It's chosen how much mm -hmm. new money gets created, mm -hmm. where with Bitcoin, uh, it's sort of programmatically defined how much new Bitcoin there's going to be each year until you get to 21 million. So, um, oh, interesting. Okay. Right. So Bitcoin, really, the simplest way to think about it is just in a digital money that has a fixed money supply. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you can really get into some other sort of... Um, wild and crazy things alika do you want to add to that no that was that was that was great actually <laughs> yeah so that's interesting it, it starts off as at a fixed 21 million dollars in, in bitcoin itself well um when bitcoin launched in 2009 mm -hmm. there were zero bitcoin you know okay. bitcoin was launched by an anonymous creator under the name satoshi nakamoto mm -hmm. and it's incredible that now in 2021, with all the technology that we have, um, and with Satoshi's rumored Bitcoin being making him one of the richest people in the world, mm -hmm. that we're still not able to uncover the identity of Satoshi Nakamoto. We really don't Maybe know that's who me. he is. <laughs> Maybe it is you. No, no, no. Um, so Bitcoin started at zero in 2009, and mm -hmm. every 10 minutes, a certain amount of Bitcoin. Um, is mined, it's found. You can kind of think of it like mining gold. Yeah. So the, the Bitcoin supply um, grows every 10 minutes. And every four years, oh, right, mm. well, it grows by a small amount every 10 minutes. Um, mm -hmm. And every four years, the amount of Bitcoin that is mined every 10 minutes cuts in half. And it keeps cutting in mm. half every four years until eventually it is zero and you reach 21 million Bitcoin. Um, hmm. So, Interesting. right, and that could be a little confusing, but yeah. um, you know, it, it just mean, it means that there is no one that can decide to mine more Bitcoin than is possible. Right. Um, it is just the rules were set in stone at the beginning, and everyone has to follow them. So, why do you think it was created in the first place? Because I mean, you know, with with currencies these days, especially you have, you have yen, you have U.S. dollars. You have um, pesos, but then now you have Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies in the mix. I mean, why do you think it was already implemented into now being kind of a, a major player in currencies today? If you, I mean, if you, I mean, you kind of look into it. You know, right around 2009. You know, what, what, uh, you remember what kind of happened around then? Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. We had the Great Financial Crisis, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And and pretty much. You know, the U.S. government came in and they did the exact same thing that they're doing right now, right? So they started quantitative quantitative easing mm -hmm. and also fiscal stimulus to help try and save, you know, to salvage the U.S. economy. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, as you know that, you know, of course, as you start growing that um, that deficit, you know, the people pretty much down at the bottom, which are of course, you know, the the working, uh, the, pretty much the working class, started to feel a lot more of that strain, right? Mm -hmm. Because now mm -hmm. your inflation's going up, the, the, the denominator is all, you know, which is the, pretty much whatever the money, uh, sorry, what your money is based on is kind of going up as well. So mm -hmm. your purchasing power is being reduced at the same time. So 
for the wealthy, of course, it's a little bit easier, right? Because you know you have you have money, you mm -hmm. have assets, and these things tend to appreciate in some of those environments. So um, I, when Satoshi Nakamoto decided to do that, his basic you know thing kind of takes that whole system and flips it around the other way, where mm -hmm. it's not a high bar to entry into into Bitcoin. So. I mean, if you think about it, Bitcoin was made by, you know, the, the geeks and nerds, well, for the geeks and nerds, mm -hmm. you know, that pretty much, you know, knew a lot of the, the computer codes, um, especially in the, the uh, I want to say it was the, cy the cypherpunks. Yeah, That's what the they were called. Yeah, mm -hmm. at the time. So, um, the, it, which basically lowered the bar to entry. So anybody can get in and you didn't have to be at the top level to be able to, you know, to get into this, this, um, this new realm the field yes yeah. right and to add on to that you know when new money gets created by the government or the central bank it reduces the value of all the money that's already in existence mm -hmm. so if you create new money for some purpose um, the people you're everyone else's dollars get diluted in a sense. Mm -hmm. You still might have $10,000 in your bank, but $10,000 doesn't necessarily buy what it used to. Mm -hmm. And you really do see it kind of like Alika was saying um, in 2008, 2009, uh, but you also saw it with the pandemic in 2020 as well. And an example of how this can really kind of hurt some of the people at the bottom is if you take the COVID stimulus, the $2 trillion stimulus that the government passed and mm -hmm. people got a stimulus check, which did have a number of really good effects, you know, on, on people's lives and on the economy. Mm -hmm. uh, but the downside, there's a trade-off and there's a, a trend is that there's trade-offs to everything, is that um, income inequality rose as a result of the stimulus. And the way that that works is that if you are someone who needs to spend that $1,200 check on food or on a rent check, mm -hmm. you take that $1,200 and you spend it and it's gone. Mm -hmm. But if I take that $1,200 and I invest it in the stock market, suddenly now my money is going to be growing and I'm going to be doing better. And the gap between the poor and the wealthy increases as a result of that new money uh, being increased. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, Satoshi in 2009, at the very least, wanted to create a form of money that could not be diluted, where if you are storing your money in a form of money that, where there's only going to be a fixed number of them, you can know that you're always going to have that same percent of the overall money supply. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, you know, in, in modern times, you can't really save your money in the bank for 40, 50 years because it's going to lose its value over time. The mm -hmm. idea, one of the ideas behind Bitcoin is that saving your money in a form of money that has a fixed money supply, um, or I instead of investing, you can just save your money uh, in something like Bitcoin. Mm. Um, and you know, even even after we both said that, I'm just thinking, mm, boy, I'm not sure that I yep. explained that as easily as I could have. <laughs> but um, you know, that's some of that's some of why Bitcoin was started to begin with. Well, if you think about it, yeah, if you if you got one Bitcoin, the value changes based on a number of, of different things, right? The market, um, what what could happen, like the foresee um, market crash that's going to happen, supposedly, I don't know, this year. So, some people have been predicting that, right? Mm -hmm. But then you'll have maybe cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. The value of it may survive that whole market crash, right? 
I wouldn't say necessarily like a well. I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes around whether you know how the markets kind of perform or anything mm-hmm. like that. But um, I guess kind of going back to what you know Sean mentioned earlier is like so. Um, the the unique thing about it is that it's it's that fixed supply it's that scarcity mm. so you think of like gold for example right gold has kind of kept its value because there's only so much of it that can be pulled out of the earth mm-hmm. like you know every every year or so I think I think it's only so like two per two percent or something right. like that of, yeah, of yeah. the gold yeah can be can be mined mm-hmm. so same thing with with Bitcoin it's a you know it's it's a fi- it's a fixed supply and as it gets closer and closer I want to say it's about 2040 is when you know the, the last coin should be mined, mm. but then after that, that's it. It's gone. It's gone. I mean, honestly, necessarily, it's gone. But that's it. There's no. There's not going to be any more of it. Mm. And you. And the. I mean, if you think about it, the more people that start to adopt into into the you know the crypto narrative, or even just into buying Bitcoin in general, mm-hmm. or even using it as you know f- uh, some form of currency, then the the value that it holds kind of just you know, will go up. Right. And, yeah. and one more point that might help a little bit uh, make things clearer. You know, I, I've spent a lot of time reading about and learning about the history of money and how money developed from where it is to where we are today. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the history of money, the clear trend is that humanity has always moved from forms of money that were less scarce towards scarcer monies throughout history. Mm. So, you know, money started off being things like shells and beads, and then gradually we moved to things like copper coins, and eventually we started going towards silver and gold, and we kept naturally progressing towards more scarce uh, materials. And the reason that people naturally gravitate towards scarcer forms of money is because Specifically, they allow you to save money into the future. Mm. So if you have a form of money that cannot hold its value at all, it can only last one week before it's worthless, you go to work for eight hours, and then you go, you, you finish working, you get paid, and you know that you have to go spend that money right away because in one week it's going to be worthless. Mm. You know? So you rush out and you buy all this stuff. But if you have a form of money that you know will be able to hold its value, um, you can sort of plan for the future better. You don't have to spend all your money on day one. You can buy what you need, and then you know that when a week comes, you have some money to buy food for that week or something. Mm -hmm. So the more scarce a form of money is, uh, the more it allows the ability to uh, hold its wealth into the future. And up until uh, around 50 years ago, Um, you know, maybe a hundred years ago, if you want to talk about the demonetization of gold a little bit more, mm-hmm. but we, we've naturally progressed from 10,000 BC when money first start, started towards gold being the, uh, the money of choice because specifically it holds value best over time. But the problem with gold is that it is heavy. Uh, you can't send it easily. Mm. And, mm-hmm. you know, in a global yeah, internet connected <laughs> world, you simply just can't use gold. Um, mm-hmm. It just doesn't work for for a globalized economy that we're that we're in today Mm -hmm. and really uh that difficulty in transporting gold and using gold um as well as the fact that you know governments cannot manipulate the money supply uh, as easily if they're tied to an amount of gold Mm -hmm. has sort of led us to where we are today where now we all accept that paper money is the money that we use it's been that way for about 50 years Mm -hmm. um but with something like bitcoin 
Now you have a form of money that is even more scarce than gold. There is an exact fixed 21 million cap, yet it's so portable that I can send money to someone in you know, Japan or Russia and it will get to them in 10 minutes. So you mm -hmm. sort of combine the scarcity of gold with a form of money that's even more portable than the dollar because you know, if you try to send $500 to Russia right now or Iran, yeah. good luck. Um, and <laughs> then the government's going to show up at your house. <laughs> right, right. They're going to show up at your house. Uh, so you get something that the more you look into it, the more most people uh, find really fascinating. And, and there's a reason why there's very few people um, who get into Bitcoin that later decide, actually, this isn't interesting anymore. I, I'm going to stop now. It's really that once <laughs> people get in, they just keep they're in and they're not going anywhere. And then. You know, other cryptocurrencies are trying to do things that are different than being money. Mm. Um, you know, and and that's where the whole crypto scene is now um, that we haven't talked too much about. We talked mostly about Bitcoin so far. But why don't you, Alika, talk a little bit about what maybe other cryptocurrencies are trying to do? So, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned like Ethereum and then there's so there's a few. So if you think about like Bitcoin, Bitcoin was the purpose of they all kind of serve different purposes. Mm. So Bitcoin is was basically designed to replace, you know, fiat money. So like your dollar, your yen, um, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, your Remnibi, whatever, uh, whatever ha uh, you have. Um, Ethereum is a little bit different. It took that and then it also and it also built an ecosystem on top of itself. So if you think about um, like your app store, right? So you can go inside your app store, you can download all these little different apps mm -hmm. and you know, they do diff different things to help you, you know, be either be pr more productive, keep track of you know, your, your schedule or help you work out and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And basically that's kind of what, you know, Ethereum is, you know, Ethereum kind of started. And on top of that, you also have like, so you have um, decentralized fin financial apps on top of there. So almost in the sense like um, crypto banks, if you will, mm -hmm. um, live on top of Ethereum. Um, NFTs, a lot of NFTs, actually the most popular NFT site, uh, I want to say in the world, OpenSea is, act is actually on top of Ethereum as okay. well. So yeah. So, and, it, and I can just like rattle off a whole, <laughs> a whole bunch because mm -hmm. there's, I don't know, I mean, I really didn't do like a full count of how many cryptocurrencies out there, but they're all out there, each trying to with their own specific type of purpose. So yeah, right. There, there's more than a thousand of them yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, one thing that we didn't really highlight about Bitcoin that's then related to all the other crypto stuff is the key point that Bitcoin is decentralized, which means mm -hmm. that there is no entity, there's no person, group of people country or government that's in charge of Bitcoin. There's, mm. there's no mm -hmm. one in charge of Bitcoin at all. And as a result, um, there's no one single point where Bitcoin can fail. You know, anyone on their home laptop can run the Bitcoin software that helps keep the Bitcoin network up and healthy. There's tens of thousands of computers that are mm -hmm. running Bitcoin around the world. And that sort of decentralization um, makes the network essentially unstoppable in the sense that it will always keep running. Every 10 minutes, a new Bitcoin block will be um, done. And again, the key feature is that the, the rules were set at the start of the Bitcoin protocol mm -hmm. and the rules are the same for everybody. So, um, you know, we know now in the dollar that if you have more money, you have more power 
than people who have less money. Um, the rules are not the same for the people who have more dollars. They can manipulate the laws, they can do whatever, they can get ahead uh, because they have more money. But in Bitcoin, the least powerful person in the world is just as powerful as the largest Bitcoin holder there is. That, that person has no more power over Bitcoin than the smallest person in the world does. Um, and then when you get these other cryptocurrencies like Ethereum, as Alika was saying, um, they're trying to do some of the same things like Bitcoin, like be a form of money, but mm -hmm. they're also trying to um, be sort of a base layer where other developers or uh, companies can sort of build these decentralized projects on top of the base layer, on mm -hmm. top of this platform. Mm -hmm. So you are starting to see things like these decentralized finance applications where, you know, you can almost like banks, you know, almost like decentralized banks where you can store your money in this decentralized protocol, meaning it's just a whole bunch of computer code, mm -hmm. but, um, and you can earn interest on it like you do in a bank or you can take out a loan the way you can do at a bank, mm -hmm. but unlike a bank, you can't get denied because of your, pre your credit score. You can't get denied because, you know, um, you're secretly being profiled or something like that. Some <laughs> yeah. conscious yeah. bias, you know, mm -hmm. you've been declined. Um, we're starting to see these decentralized uh, applications where, again, the rules are supposed to be the same for everybody. So you mm -hmm. can think there isn't one yet, but, you know, imagine a Facebook where uh, you don't have two different sides fighting about what should be censored or what shouldn't be censored on Facebook. Facebook mm -hmm. has too much power. They're collecting all this data from people. Um, when you have cryptocurrency, you can make it so that really the users are almost the owners of the protocol, um, and you kind of in a way can be building a new internet where the people who hold the tokens are the actual owners of, uh, of these interesting kind of things and you know, can see the rewards from them directly. Mm -hmm. um, like a free market. It, yes, very much Pretty so. much. Yes. Like a free market, but like, a, I mean, it, Bitcoin, is, Bitcoin is the freest, freest market, market out there <laughs> where yeah. the yeah. price is absolutely like, Pure supply and demand is what mm -hmm. is driving the price of Bitcoin. So, I mean, crypto is a free market because it is global. Um, you know, anyone in the entire world can access it. It's not mm -hmm. like the stock market where you ha might have to be a registered U.S. citizen and put up your social mm -hmm. security number mm -hmm. or something. You know, someone in Nigeria is influencing the crypto market the <laughs> same way that we are. Um, but when, uh, when with, with the idea of decentralized ownership, I mean, it, it can really be like if you imagine a decentralized Facebook, um, you know, a portion of the profits can be going to anyone who's holding that cryptocurrency or something. And, mm -hmm. and the cryptocurrency holders can vote, for example, to see what kind of upgrades might be made to the system or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's really sort of this idea of um, joint ownership uh, in a way. Between in, the users. Right, yes. in, a, mm -hmm. in a digital way that has never been um, done before. Yeah, and that's that's a big that's a big point as well because there's no real, let's say, big brother kind of governing yes the exactly. currency space yes for you know cryptocurrency yes. right um and that's a big that's a big point for people that are wanting to get in because they might look at their dollar and they're gonna be like man big brother controls the value of my dollar versus Bitcoin which is the the scarcity like you were saying it's already a this is my Bitcoin. I have the same purchasing power as someone who has a lot more. Right. And I don't know if you saw, but um, 
over the last two years when we've been fighting the pandemic, 40% of all U.S. dollars that have ever been created have been created in the last two years. Mm. We've essentially, you know, 1.5 times the money supply uh, mm. right now. And that kind of action has consequences, consequences and they, yeah. and they might yeah. not be felt immediately, um, but it's something where if you're, if you're someone who, uh, there's a reason to potentially want to hedge just in case, <laughs> you know, it doesn't work out. Um, and I, I really feel for... Not financial advice. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we're not, not financial <laughs> advice. Not financial <laughs> advice. Um, and yeah. you know what? The, the, the problem, the, one of the big problems with cryptocurrency is we, we obviously uh, are bullish and support the industry. And there's a mm. lot of really amazing stuff, truly genuinely amazing stuff happening in crypto. But boy, are there a lot of scams. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot, a lot of scams. And there are many more that... If they're not outright scams, they are never going to accomplish the things that they're promising, you mm -hmm. know? And you see a lot of these coins and these communities that are talking as if they're going to change the world. But if mm. you um, really understand how some of this stuff works, then you can tell that there's really nothing under the hood there. Um, and so there really is reason to be cautious if you're entering the space because there are far more uh, bad cryptocurrency projects than there are good ones out mm. there. Um, and, and that's part of what makes it so difficult for newcomers to uh, enter the space. Mm. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to crack open another beer. But before I do that, um, how, does, how does someone get into cryptocurrency? I mean, how does someone get into to Bitcoin? Let's start off with like the whole process of them wanting to get into it and then kind of maybe something more advanced, you know, okay. what they can do with it. Can, can I start, Alika? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. <laughs> you know, for a lot of people, conversations like this might start, um, might start getting them to wonder, you know, okay, Bitcoin is money. What is money? How does it work? And, you know, what does Bitcoin really mean and how does it really work? And so um, my book, The Story of Money, you know, was designed for people, was written for people sort of asking this question for the first time. What is money? How does it work? And how does it affect us in more ways than we realize? Mm -hmm. So the first part of the book is what is money and what is the history of money? I write about the, uh, the entire history of money from, you know, before there was money up until where we are now. And then once you have an understanding of what money is and how it's evolved, I spend the next third of the book talking about modern money and how money affects us today in more ways than we realize. And that goes with the, you know, the rising cost of college tuition and income inequality mm -hmm. um, and the cost of health care and things like that. That really all does boil down to the money when you get to it. And then I, and then I talk about Bitcoin and how money's going to evolve in the future. So, you know, I think my book... Uh, is a good resource for it, but there's another there's we'll, another we'll other good we'll resources <laughs> as well. Um, yeah. If you're if you're on the islands, if you're in Hawaii, uh, we have the Honolulu Crypto Meetup Group every mm -hmm. two weeks on Zoom. You can go on Meetup.com and search Crypto Meetup Group, and you should see us there. And we meet every two weeks on Zoom, and it is a safe space for newcomers to come in and ask whatever questions they want to ask. Uh, and at the same time, listen to other people who are already knowledgeable about the space and they can learn a lot. Mm -hmm. um, there's another there's a bunch of good Bitcoin books out there and podcasts and maybe YouTubers. Yeah. Um, Alika, why don't you continue? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so it's just like Sean was saying, yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess the first part, yeah, is definitely do your research first mm. and then, you know, kind of figure out, you know, where you want to go with it. Um, if you really and if you're ready to take that leap, um, normally what you, you would you would do is you would go to an exchange and you would end up purchasing a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, Ethereum, mm. you know, Solana, AVAX, all that all that mm. other type of stuff. Um, however, here in Hawaii, we're a little unique in, in that sense. Uh, because the way uh, Hawaii has regulated some of our cryptocurrency exchange, well, cryptocurrency exchanges in general, they have listed them as money transmitters. So, which kind of puts them in the same uh, category as uh, like your Western Union or your MoneyGram. Mm. So, mm -hmm. what they eventually, well, what that means for them is um, they have to hold the same amount of assets that you know, as far as a lot, a lot sorry as far as their transactions coming through. So mm. if you're sending somebody $100, like for Western Union, right? Somebody on their other end gets that $100, they, they pull it out and you know, they're gonna utilize it right away. Right. For, a, for a crypto exchange, it doesn't necessarily work that way, right? Because if you buy $100 worth of Bitcoin, what do you wanna do, right? You wanna hold on, hold to, on it, to it, yeah, until if see, you know, whatever the price action will, right. will take you. Um, so that means that that exchange has to end up holding on to those, I mean, $100, but if you think these, these uh, exchanges are doing millions, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars a day uh, on transactions, so that kind of made it a little bit unfeasible for them. So even like Coinbase, which is probably like one of the biggest um, exchanges in the U.S., um, uh, pretty much walked away from the, you know, from the table, um, said, we're not going to uh, do business with Hawaii. Mm. Um, on the other end of that, um, 2019, uh, Department of Financial Institutions started up what's called the uh, Digital Cur Currency Innovation Lab, which is which is basically a digital sandbox. So they let 15 companies come in and basically operate here in Hawaii. Mm. So here in Hawaii, okay. we're limited to these 50. Well, I, I take that back. There are ways to get around it, but mm. for a lot of local residents, they're you know. Main, those, main 15. those main fifteen. Mm. That is how you, you're you're able to get the, you get your cryptocurrency is through those fifteen. So yeah. Right, Very right. And and to add, you know, there are a huge number of crypto companies that can operate in every single state except Hawaii. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our regulation really is a limiting factor for for a lot of companies um, that they're not able to get past. I I think it's something like. You know, if a, currency, a crypto exchange has a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin, um, by Hawaii law, they need to have a billion dollars worth of cash in the bank. Um, it doesn't matter that they can convert their billion dollars worth of Bitcoin to cash in a second. Mm -hmm. If they're holding a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin, they need to also have a billion dollars worth of cash. Um, and so that's not how it works. Mm. And that's <laughs> not how other states uh, require it either. So uh, it really has been limiting. And so another good place to learn about uh, Hawaii specific crypto stuff is howtocryptohawaii.com, which mm -hmm. Alika um, may have mentioned earlier. I'm not positive whether that was before we started, but um, howtocryptohawaii.com yeah. right, is a great introductory resource that has a lot of educational information about Bitcoin, crypto, you know, the whole crypto space, where you can get it in Hawaii, um, the state of the local regulations mm. and other helpful info. And that and that was started by our friend Dustin. Mm, OK. So 
Um, just to build off of that, I know this is not a question I, I asked in the, when I emailed you guys, but how do you distinguish like a scam? Maybe let's just say people that are creating their own cryptocurrency, but then, you know, newer, newer players, but maybe they're not really, they're promising something that's not really yeah. uh, good. So how, what, what's some like, maybe some things that people can look out for? So it just depends. So you have to like, you can go to their site and then you can, they have a, either a roadmap or um, a white paper, which mm -hmm. basically kind of lays out, you know, their, their whole, um, you know, where they're going or what they intend to do with, with it. Mm -hmm. um, the, the ones that I would avoid is basically where there's a lot of hype around it. Um, there's okay. a few out there. I'm not going to say say which ones. You can say it off the, yeah, off the air. Say off the air. But um, if, well, I'll put it this way. If some very famous person says, go out and buy this, and all of a sudden the price just skyrockets, mm. that you might want to kind of stay away from that. Because, mm. I mean, if that's just kind of a lot of, a lot of those currencies are kind of subject just to that, you know, that, fer that fervor, right? Everybody mm. just like, go out and buy this right now. So, yeah, the price comes up. And, of course, when nothing really, you know, materializes out of that, what do they normally do? They get out. They get out. And pretty much everybody kind of loses oh, everybody money. Everybody gets screwed. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Right. Um, and it really is hard in crypto because there are a lot of, you know, yes, you can do the research that Aliko was talking about, but there are a lot of really good um, looking Scans. website. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and again, it's usually not uh, quite a full scam scam, mm. you know, where it's like an mm -hmm. outright scam, but it's, it's, it's not what it's promoted to be and not what its followers say that, that it is. Um, and there's really popular projects out there that are really nothing more than, than hype. And I, I won't say any of them. Um, <laughs> if you come to the meetup group and you want to know whether you should buy a coin, um, I, I might yell at you, you know, if you, I'm, or I'm, I might go into one of my rants uh, if you mention one that, that, that I think is um, overhyped, but, uh, but it's, the it's, truth. it's really yeah. hard. It, mm -hmm. It's really hard for newcomers. And I, you know, I, I don't really know how some people should, um, should, should approach this really. I mean, I, I would recommend mostly trying to just start with Bitcoin and Ethereum and trying to take a couple months to, um, to get into that and, and really try to understand how they work. But, you know, we have a lot of people in the meetup group that um, jumped straight into the metaverse, you know, mm. and, and, and NFTs and with gaming. And, um, and that's not necessarily bad, but it, it, it just is a really deep pool uh, to swim in. And, you know, I, I've even noticed myself now where a, a year ago I, I knew, you know, I would consider myself a relative expert about all areas of cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. Now crypto has gotten so big that there are areas where even I, you know, cannot take the time to uh, understand everything. And, you know, gaming coins, for example, I uh, don't have the capacity right now to really understand or mm -hmm. tell you what's good, what's not. Mm -hmm. um, and so if I'm having trouble with some of it when I've been here for four to five years and you know, uh, started this meetup group and wrote a book about it, then it, it's really tough for, for newcomers. And so, uh, good, it, it good just luck. Shows, yeah. it just but shows but buy involved. some coins. Yeah, the evolution of cryptocurrency too. Yeah. It just shows like 
how much is it it's changed over the you know the span over, over i want to say over a year over a I year think, i oh, think yeah. like when we when we first you know joined the uh, while well, i first you know we were first um, in the meetup group we were just kind of curious you know if bitcoin was, was even going to cross that thirty thousand mark mm, right mm -hmm. and then now it's like you you got nfts you got decentralized finance you've got all these different things inside there but i mean but you can also see the potential inside of that space mm. so yeah i think a lot of that is because of the pandemic too just because of everybody's been at home so they kind of have the time to do some yeah. research yeah themselves right. i think that's true and it actually reminds me of you know we talked about how um all this new all these new dollars have been printed over the last year um and what you're seeing is people may not necessarily be conscious of the fact that their dollars are lo losing value, mm -hmm. but their actions actually suggest that they sort of understand it. And what I mean is, yes, crypto has hit new highs in the last year, but it's not just crypto. People are investing in everything. It's Robinhood is more popular than ever. Mm -hmm. uh, housing prices are at an all-time high. My friend trades Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and Yu-Gi-Oh cards are at an all-time <laughs> high. So what's really happening is that That's people awesome. seem to recognize the fact that if they're not investing, then they're missing out. Mm. Um, and what that really is, is the devaluation of the dollar. Dollars not being a part what they're used to, buying what they used to. But um, it's sort of resulted in this almost everything bubble where everything is at all time highs because everyone uh, has the sense that they need to just invest as much as they can. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and so I, I do think the pandemic has played a, a role in this considerably. So kind of going off track a little bit, uh, there was a big thing about GameStop stock last year, right? Why do you think, you know, GameStop stock or even AMC kind of had this, this surge last year in, you know, in their, their stock value? So the, so the GameStop actually ar um, arose from uh, a Reddit post. So there is a... a uh, a Reddit group called Wall Street Bets, mm -hmm. and basically what they had figured out is that these major hedge, hedge funds mm -hmm. were coming in, and then they were shorting, you know, um, which is basically taking taking um, it's almost like a bet. Well, taking right. money out and basically saying that this stock is going to go down. So this, as the stock goes oh, down, okay. the the hedge fund makes more and more money, mm -hmm. and the lower it goes, of course, the more money they make. But they figured this out. So what they were able to do, and this is kind of like I mean, it's amazing to think this is act the actual power, you know, a community has, right? Because mm -hmm. so they pulled, they, you know, s blasted it out on Reddit mm -hmm. and everybody went in and they bought up GameStop so much to the point that the, the price of the stock started to skyrocket. And all oh, these hedge okay. funds now are on the opposite end of that. And when it came to uh, basically it's called a margin call when they, you know, they come out and says, OK, you're you didn't sell it. I mean, it, it, you shorted it, you know, which we gave it to you at this price, but now it's at this much, you have to pay up this premium. Mm. And basically they actually had to pretty much, you know, go to other hedge or hedge funds to help, you know, um, basically cover their short. Mm. So, and yeah. it's a perfect example of the crypto ethos too, because one, it was really cool that, um, this group on Reddit found out about the GameStop, GameStop stock, and we're able to um, legitimately move the price so hold much. The line. Yeah, you know, hold yeah. the line that it really <laughs> did. Honey, they um, moved. They moved the line. Right, yeah, they, that yeah. it really they did. Moved the line. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
harm, not harm, but, you know, they got back at these Wall Street bigwigs that, that you know, were betting that the stock was going to go down. Mm. But then uh, certain stock trading platforms like Robinhood, I believe, TD, um, and a few others at one point actually halted uh, the stock so you could not buy GameStop stock anymore. You could only sell it. They made it so you couldn't buy it, but you could only sell right. it. Right, and that really yeah. pissed a lot of people off mm -hmm. because why are they changing the rules, um, you know, when the Wall Street funders are finally the ones losing and the, the little guy is really for the first time, uh, you know, taking advantage mm -hmm. in, in something like that. Mm -hmm. And so you did sort of see uh, a movement or a lot of the people who were involved in the GameStop thing start to understand crypto where, again, the rules are supposed to be the same for everyone. Mm. And so, you know, it can't be manipulated that now, oh, you know, suddenly you can't buy GameStop stock anymore. Mm. That really was an unfair um, move against the little guy. And that's sort of representative of, you know, the, the entire system in a way. Mm -hmm. The whole big brother thing, you know, how right. maybe the Wall Street, the big brother is controlling the market in a way. And then people, now that they're losing, they have a way of controlling it again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But exactly, like you were saying with Bitcoin, because it's a free market, be, well, sort of a free market, it, everybody kind of has their own right into it. And yeah. it's basically, it's community-based, user-based. Yes. You know what I mean? So, Right. Um, you know, with Bitcoin, there has never been anything in history where... Um, the little guy has gotten to front run the big guy mm -hmm. like what is happening with Bitcoin, mm -hmm. where up until the last year or two, really, there were millions, tens of millions of regular everyday people that owned Bitcoin before a single Wall Street company owned Bitcoin or a single public stock. Or even today, there's one government, El Salvador, that, mm. um, you know, has made Bitcoin illegal. Uh, legal tender, illegal really? currency. Interesting. Right, yes. Bitcoin is on par with the dollar as a co-currency of El Salvador. They've been okay. doing that for the last year or so. Interesting. Um, hmm. And really, it's, it's the first time in, in human history that the little guys have gotten to front run the big guys in this way to such a degree. And you, you still can front run the big guys because as it stands today, there's you know, a handful of companies in the S&P 500 that hold Bitcoin on their balance sheet. There's one country that we know about, El Salvador, although probably Iran and Russia <laughs> are probably holding Bitcoin that they're not telling us about. Mm. Um, but, you know, the, the masses have not really arrived yet on, on that sort of big fish level. Um, and it, it's really a, um, a bottom up thing in, in a really uh, special and cool way. Mm. Mm -hmm. So let's switch topics a little bit. Let's talk yes. about NFTs because... Um, you know, we've we've thrown NFTs that term around quite a bit in this conversation, but I mean, people are probably wondering what are NFTs and how come it's become so popular? Maybe in the past couple of years, you know, this whole term. Let so, let me do okay. how, how what they are, and then you talk about them more. All right. Okay. Um, you know, the idea that something can be digital and scarce mm -hmm. is something that had never really existed before Bitcoin, right? If I have a PDF file and I send it to you via email, now we both have 
a PDF file. There's two copies of that file. Mm -hmm. You could never really have something that was digital and scarce. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe companies would try and put some sort of DRM on something, but that's not really inherently scarce. Um, Bitcoin was what Satoshi Nakamoto did was find a way to make a digital good scarce so that there's never been and there never will be a counterfeit Bitcoin. You can't forge Bitcoin or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so an NFT kind of takes that to another level where you sort of have um, decentralized uh, scarcity in the form of like an art project. Um, you can have, you know, you can, you can verify that if you own this picture on the internet that you are actually the only one that can own it. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, the scarcity part, the scarcity part, mm -hmm. this digital scarcity part is where uh, the NFTs come from. And, you know, money is fungible. NFT stands for non fungible token. Um, money is fungible, which mm -hmm. means if I give you a dollar, it doesn't matter whether I give you this dollar or this dollar, right? Mm -hmm. Each dollar is kind of the same. Mm -hmm. um, but most things in our life are not fungible. You know, if I give you the keys to a, my car, it won't fit in your car mm -hmm. or anything. Um, you know, it's sort of <laughs> yeah. unique. So in, in, a, in NFT um, means that it is unique to itself. Um, it, it is not one of a piece mm. and that it is still provably digitally scarce uh, through blockchain, you know, that that has not existed before. And they, they have been absolutely hype uh, for mm. the last year or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, uh, so again, they have gained a lot of popularity. Um, I'd say more along that line as far as like digital scarcity. Um, I think the first ones that actually kind of like made that you know that statement of okay this is actually you know a market that um you know can where people can actually oh sorry artists artists can actually make money mm -hmm. is uh have you ever heard, heard of the artist people no so yeah so he you know designed these these different pieces um design and they, they were minted as uh, as non-fungible tokens and they were auctioned off at christie's and he ended up okay. uh, making 69 million dollars okay. off of that off of it yeah off of that auction awesome. so and kind of after that you started seeing a whole bunch of you know different projects start to pop up um some of them that have been around for you know for a while that actually were there since the beginning like CryptoPunks. Uh, crypto kitties you know those prices started to skyrocket because everybody started to pile in um mm -hmm. have you ever heard of board board eight yacht club okay i've heard of that yeah one. so board yeah. eight yacht club so um and their price kind of started after i mean well it they're already you know kind of up and coming but then um you had celebrities start buying a lot of that and of course that drove the price of those you know like like pretty um sky high i think mm -hmm. Eminem just purchased one for I think like four hundred and fifty thousand. So, right, yeah. the ape kind of looks like Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> so I I guess uh, I I mean, but the other part to the NFTs is that the way NFTs work is they you know they're uh, they're there's a smart uh, it's called a smart contract that's mm -hmm. actually you know built into them and basically the smart contract executes on you know a certain set of uh, of rules. So if this happens, then this happens. So NFTs, as far as art, is actually you know great for artists because now I can you know normally if you sell a painting right, it just goes to one owner, and if that owner you know buys it from you, you make it you know say you sell it for a hundred bucks, mm -hmm. you know you make a hundred bucks right. Um, if that owner goes and turns it around and sells it for two hundred, now mm -hmm. he's actually made his his investment back and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But the artist never you know really 
receives anything except for credit after that, right? Mm -hmm. So the way NFTs work is actually built in where you, the artist, you know, can continually receive, um, you know, the benefit or the, uh, and, uh, a, a pay, I want to say like a percentage right. of the next sale. So as his art appreciates, pretty much he's also making money off of that mm. as well. So as if he, his art kind of gets sold more and it's a more. a win-win. Yeah, it's, it is. It is a win-win. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's kind of, you know, one of the one of the other aspects to it and why people, you know, tend to get into the NFT space. Mm -hmm. And even so is like either either making NFTs or, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, times nowadays people are flipping NFTs. So they'll buy an NFT for, you know, X amount of money and then, you know, just turn around and sell it for, you know, a higher profit. It's so kind of yeah. like a royalty in a way. Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. it. Is a, yeah. yeah. Right. It's a royalty yeah. where every time it's sold, you get that royalty, right? Mm -hmm. If I sell it to you, I did the art, I sell it to you, mm -hmm. I get, you know... Percentage. Percentage. Yes. But yeah. then you sell it to Alika, and I still get a percentage of that sale, mm -hmm. too. So it, it is cool. Um, you know, like with cryptocurrencies, now there's lots of NFTs that uh, are not going to make you any money, you know, where lots of people are putting this these this art projects on there, and mm -hmm. then they're not going to sell for hire, and people are mm -hmm. buying them, and... Unlike with a cryptocurrency, you know, if I buy crypto and the price goes down and I want to sell it, I can sell it for a loss. Um, if I buy an NFT and nobody wants it, then mm. I'm stuck with it. You know, just like I'm stuck with my barn owl that I, that I own, right, you know, that nobody wants. <laughs> it's like inventory. In right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but still, the, this idea of digital art is definitely... Um, cool and it's definitely a real application for things like art and mm -hmm. nfts have other um purposes that have just barely started to be explored that mostly haven't even been explored yet so you know an nft could sort of be like a uh your identity card for membership in an organization or whatever <laughs> okay. you know yeah. where it's not glasses <laughs> right yeah. exactly where yeah. you know if you held a, a meeting or whatever and the only people that could attend were people that had these shot glasses, yeah. you know, they could, they could have these shot glasses as a, as a, you know, an image on their phone that mm. only you gave out to verify that they're actually a part of this club or something mm. like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, the scarcity of it. Right. Yes. You know, or right. in you know, NFTs are often controlled. Someone makes the art, someone does it, but, mm -hmm. um, there's still that aspect where there can only be one owner. Um, and you can see it with potentially with things like creator, coins where maybe um maybe for example you know ninja on twitch um launches a ninja nft where there's going to be five thousand members of his you know twitch club or something you know he's streaming games on twitch he sells five thousand of these memberships to his prime twitch club mm -hmm. and as a result anyone who is part of the ninja club or whatever um, one percent of his of his Twitch donations get shared among the members of his club, or something like mm, that, mm -hmm. where you can sort of have um, these these creators uh, build some sort of communities where people can actually have ownership of it and actually maybe you know receive some sort of benefit from it. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of that has not been built out in practice yet. You know, there are not creators doing these kind of things. Um, yet it's it's really just the very first stage of um of the nft thing is uh is there and it, it's another area where i you know 
I am not a good judge of what makes a good NFT, you know, and I, I have mostly not been buying NFTs because I cannot tell uh, what makes a good NFT from a bad NFT. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, it's about community, they say. Yeah. You know, you, gotta, you, want a, you want an NFT where there's a real community behind it that maybe the NFT has some purpose, um, but it's not, it's not so easy if you're just uh, casually casually paying attention and mm -hmm. and the people that uh do this kind of thing for a living are usually able to um you know the, they're gonna win over over the newcomer who just wants to buy an nft and flip it for flip it for a lot of money mm -hmm. um but pe people are really interested in nfts it's yeah. a topic that comes up in the meetup group a lot people are people are really interested by by nfts do you think it started because of maybe covid um, happening and then the, the idea of NFT because I think prior to COVID it wasn't really a big idea for no it wasn't back in like 2019 so it kind of just started maybe in the past couple of years so do you think maybe COVID kind of kind of pushed that idea along or I think I think COVID definitely had something to do with it right because mm -hmm. I mean if you think about it people weren't going you know after COVID I mean during COVID people weren't going you know to work they're teleworking right, right. <laughs> so I mean I mean myself <laughs> yeah so I mean so you, you you've got that you know that now you've got a little bit more you know time on your hands and I'm mm. pretty I'm pretty sure some of these people are you know could have done the research and also come up with this, this you know this idea and then pursued it right because mm -hmm. you're not always you know you don't always have to be going into the office kind of expending your your time over there right. you can control um, what you're doing, and then you can also, you know, kind of follow whatever other, you know, idea you might actually have. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it it could be. I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm no, not too sure where like the the idea of NFTs originated from. Right. I I hadn't really thought about that either, but I I do think there's something to the idea of people being more comfortable having a digital identity mm -hmm. with the pandemic. You know, when everyone was remote, um, and that. You know, if you have a uh, a certain NFT as your profile picture, you are more identifiable than if you have, you know, your 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 dumb face right. on your <laughs> on your Twitter picture or something. You know, uh, so That's I a good point. I, I do think <laughs> I do think um, you know we've become more comfortable being digital as a remote, as a result of the pandemic mm. and the um, people are using NFTs for sort of a form of digital identity, digital profile picture kind of stuff. Uh, so I, I do think that that makes a lot of sense. Mm. If you go, I mean, if you go on Twitter, you can see that like people like actually that's, that's their uh, profile is an actual, is their NFT. Interesting. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, in our discord yep. group for the meetup group, we've yeah. got our NFTs got as our NFT. picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, ours aren't worth very much, but yeah. still. Do you, do you guys have some ideas for like maybe if you guys were to get into the NFT space more and then like different designs, different, different things, you know, then you could build a community off of and then um, I'm there not, are some local artists that yeah. you that you've gotten. Yeah. So actually, there's there's a few here, like based out of Hawaii. Actually, I think you're you're kind of mentioning so project uh, the pro uh, project eight oh yeah. um, project eight oh eight. Yeah. Is actually you know um, I think one of the um, one of the, the gentlemen you mentioned earlier. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's that's one of their projects. Um, Coach D. Yeah. Coach Darren. Um, so. Uh, uh, if you remember Farmers Market Hawaii, yes, yes. So they yeah. actually came out with their own NFT called the Angry Natives. 
on and that that's on okay, OpenSea. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's another one called Aloha NFTs, and then they have uh, uh, other ones. And actually, I think they're about to release like um, some uh, some NFTs made by uh, some pretty well-known local artists. And I think the uh, um, uh, Hawaii Technology Development Corporation um, also did an NFT auction um, with uh, you know Jasper Wong, uh, you know from mm, uh, Pow Wow, mm-hmm. um, and Punky Aloha, and then uh, Wooden Wave also. Yeah. So yeah, so that was a more of a fundraiser, but they did it. Uh, they did NFTs also. So I mean, there's a lot of a lot of momentum going into into that space. So yeah, as far as uh, ours, <laughs> I, I think. Uh, I th- I think we're we're more comfortable kind of like being on the outside uh, on the outside and kind of watching how things develop, mm-hmm. and then maybe you know it's like I think you know we'll we'll, we'll dip our feet into it. I, I, well, I, I you know, Sean and I've kind of like you know bought a bought a few NFTs here and there, mm-hmm. you know, but just to you know just to say I'm gonna say just to say, but just to see you know what you know it's what all it about. Become, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, I've had the idea that it would be fun to make nfts for everyone who's come to the meetup group a couple times you know get their own picture or something but it doesn't really work because one that's a lot of effort i am not an (laughs) artist i don't know how i would design an nft Mm -hmm. um although i did learn how to actually mint them and secondly it wouldn't earn any money it would just be something that i'd want to give to the people of the meetup group to uh be their own fun little thing Mm -hmm. um so there's there's no plan in the works there Mm -hmm. um you know, I know. Never mind. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm like, can the meetup group earn find a way to do something? But uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they could. You know, we, yeah. we just have to. I mean, you've got to plan it out. You plan it out. Uh, but I mean, if you think about it, a lot of these these the cryptocurrencies, the NFTs, they're all based around you know community communities. communities yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you can get a very strong community behind you, I mean, you've got something. You know. Mm-hmm. This could be the idea for it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just the start, right? I mean, here. if you want to, you could start your own, like Compai, you know, Compai Sugai, you know, type of NFT, and then it's I like your, about it. Your, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all your followers, you know, and basically the that that token or that NFT that you have is basically, you know, you you can you know put it up, to, yeah. yeah, personalize it. Um, that way, they have you know some form of connection to you to the group itself too, mm-hmm. right? And then it's like you know you can always put up put it up for a vote, all right? Hey. You know, I want you, you guys are, are in my community. Who do you want me to, to interview next? You know, and then they right, can kind of come like up with that. Yeah. Yes. We look forward to our guests on the pod NFT, yeah. commemorative yeah. NFT yeah. Uh, coming up. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. So um, speaking of podcast, so I, I had this idea back in 2020, actually beginning 2020, because I wanted to do a um, podcast like networking group. Hmm. So, you know, doing an NFT for that kind of could build off of that. But, like, you know, because I I know a lot of other podcasters. And, you know, it's weird for Hawaii um, talking about scarcity, right? Um, There's a lot of podcasters, but they don't know each other, Mm -hmm. right? And, um, like, for myself, I'm able to, like, just connect everybody together and say, hey, this is – they do this podcast. They do this podcast. I can – can name some of them now but you know if i drink a little bit more maybe i'm gonna forget their name <laughs> completely <laughs> uh-huh. but, but i i can think of them now and they just don't know each other yeah right? and i think um in a way you know podcasts could be a community-based thing kind of like nfts no yeah, it, I mean. it can and there there is a way you can do something like that mm-hmm. you know i don't know 
off the top of my head, I'm not sure the way that it earns you money per se, mm -hmm. but it does create the community. Yeah. Um, you know, for you as a podcaster though, there would be a way to do something sort of akin to like a Patreon or whatever, mm -hmm. where say, you know, everyone who owns the NFT is, um, giving you some sort of money they're they're buying your nft for whatever price you set mm. and you say back as a result um anyone who gets an nft you know five percent of the show sponsor revenue will be distributed, distributed. among nft holders or something and, and, and as a result you sort of have this um creator community economy thing yeah. um, it's a win-win yes right it, there yeah. right it it, it it can be. It's cool. Yeah, it's it it's cool, be. and it, it hasn't really been explored yet. But that's that's the way that an NFT can be something more than just you know a picture of an ape, uh, which yeah. I was looking at today, and you know they're going for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars oh, uh, for those pictures of apes. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So going back to <laughs> cryptocurrency, let's just talk about the future, right? Let's just say maybe like five or ten years from now, where do you see the the space for cryptocurrency? kind of going in maybe these next five or ten years um i guess <laughs> i guess the, the the easy answer is i don't know but uh, but yeah but yeah no yeah but it's it's going somewhere mm -hmm. um i think a lot of the if you get with a lot of the people in you know that, that have been in the crypto space for a while mm -hmm. they'll tell you it's this is where everything is going to head up mm -hmm. we don't know the the end the end the end picture of it all but it's all heading this way mm -hmm. so i mean you, you think about just like NFTs, you know, and now you're starting to have, you know, the metaverse, right? Like Facebook changed its name to meta. Facebook yeah. is like, you know, <laughs> I, I think it's a, a bill, you know, some of its billion dollar market, but they changed their entire, you know, business model just to focus on that, you know, mm -hmm. the metaverse. So you can see like how serious they really are about, you know, about where everything is heading to. Um, as far as like NFTs, you know, this is just, you know, my crazy, crazy view of the future, right? So NFTs got, I mean, are pretty much um, a way to digitize something that's, you know, that's, you know, scarce or rare. So you think it's not necessarily like you just think a piece of art. You think of like the title for your car, mm -hmm. the deed to your house. Anything that you want to, you know, you want to put on, you know, that you need to verify that I am the rightful owner of this piece of property. That's what you can do with an NFT. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And great point. Yeah. And then the, the other thing to it, too, is like um, where what I'm kind of starting to um, learn or hear about, too, is that all these different, um, you know, um, say your, your different chains. Right. So. Um, Bitcoin operates on its own blockchain. Ethereum operates on its own blockchain. You know, all the other there's other cryptocurrencies that operate on all these different blockchains. But eventually, they're going to start building these little bridges between each other. So everything that is I mean, so there's not you're not necessarily limited limited to one blockchain. Things can cross, you know, um, uh, cross over to each other. You ever, and I guess you know one of the big things that everybody's kind of you know always getting big about is the metaverse, right? Have you ever kind of seen uh, Ready Player One? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you think of it in, in that sense, right? Where now you have this massive, you know, video game or mm -hmm. s different sets of video games that you can the jump. Crossover. You can cross over. Mm -hmm. Yes. And whatever you get inside this metaverse, you can take it to this metaverse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's where, I mean, a lot of this stuff is eventually going to end up. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And... 
I mean, with the metaverse stuff, yes, Ready Player One, I'm with you. And I don't know if you've ever been in VR. Like, I have, I have an I Oculus, <laughs> and VR is really cool, like, right mm. now, today. Like, it, it works way better than I think a lot of people realize how, mm. how crazy VR can be. I was playing this Darth Vader game in VR, um, okay. and, and <laughs> I, I was, I was it, it was really impressive. Mm. Um, you really kind of feel like you're in another world. Mm -hmm. um, and with crypto in general... You know, what, what crypto really does, what, what Bitcoin started is sort of taking out the middleman and, and putting services and projects and money directly in the hands of people. So, you know, if I hand you a dollar bill, I give you the dollar bill. I own the dollar bill. I gave it to you. Um, if you want to pay me digitally, it doesn't work like that at all. You know, if you send me a Venmo, the payment goes through Venmo, your bank, my bank, you know, and, and right. someone else. It, there's a lot of intermediaries when we do things digitally now. Um, and, you know, one of the ideas behind Bitcoin was to make digital payments essentially the same as when I physically hand you a dollar bill. When I own my Bitcoin, there's no intermediary. And when I send it to you, it doesn't go through any intermediary. Channels, it is yeah. directly peer to peer. Mm -hmm. um, and crypto as a whole does that same thing by putting users directly in contact with um, financial applications, with banking applications and, and art and, and users. And it's why some people have referred to crypto as uh, the user-owned internet, where instead of things like Twitter and Google and Amazon and all these giant companies that are the ones providing these services, you sort of have uh, the users owning these protocols and these services themselves, and it's the user-owned internet. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And at the same time, even though it's not always like that for most people, but it's much faster and more efficient to, to utilize crypto networks sometimes than going through things. I mean, certainly the banking system, but, but even other things as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and so where it's going, I think, is, is towards this idea where um, you can even have regular companies utilizing crypto kind of protocols to be directly uh, in touch with their users in a way that doesn't work the same when you have to go through all these closed doors, board of directors, shareholders making all these sort of decisions. Um, and so where we're going is, um, is, is up, uh, mm -hmm. is up. It is, it is, it is, uh, <laughs> this is not financial advice, but you know, yeah. we are, uh, we, we, you know, we really believe that we understand uh, what we're talking about here, what you know, that we understand the technology that we're talking about, um, and that this is a a step forward that is going to um, meaningfully, you know, improve uh, productivity, quality of life, um, progress, you know, and and that kind of thing uh, in in the days to come. So I mean, in the next decade. You know, let, let's just say that I, I think, you know, if you ask me what's going to have a longer lifespan, um, Bitcoin or the euro, I would bet pretty big on Bitcoin being the thing that lasts longer than something like the euro. So um, I think these things are going to be around for a long time. Um, and 
that we're just starting to uh, scratch the surface. And that sounds pretty cliche now that I've already said it. <laughs> That's good. But, um, <laughs> you know, we love to talk about this stuff. And if anything that we've said makes you uh, curious in any way, come to the meetup group. Go to howtocryptohawaii.com. You can contact us through there as well. Uh, and we are happy just to chat, you know, at mm. any time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess one, one more thing to add on to, you know, kind of what we were saying as far as like where, you know, the, the crypto space is going. So, um, like we said, you know, it's, it's, it's everything is heading that way, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the big thing, you know, especially, you know, that we're trying to do with, you know, one, the website, and then two, the meetup group. And you know, just arrest our office, even, uh, our um, our other efforts, but even just coming to you know talk to people like you know people like you, and to let your users know that uh, I'm sorry, your uh, audience know mm -hmm. that. Um, so remember when I mentioned that that digital currency innovation lab, right? Mm -hmm. So that ends this year, June 30th, 2022. Oh, so okay. what happens is, um, um, so right now um, they're is I, I believe there is legislation going in that is supposed to help amend the current money transmitter regulations here in the state um but of course we need a lot of people to back it right mm -hmm. you need your lawmate you need to we need people to be aware of this that this they're missing out you know every this thing crypto right. is going to keep going right yeah. but we want hawaii to be on board the bus mm -hmm. as it's go as it's moving in this direction mm -hmm. And we can't get on board the bus if, you know, all of everybody's locked out of it, mm. right? So I guess the bigger one for us is, you know, to get with your lawmaker, you know, contact them. Um, go to howtocryptohawaii.com or you can find us on our, our Instagram too, uh, at howtocryptohawaii. And, you know, we'll, we'll put the, the measure on top of there. And if you can provide your testimony and why, you know, Hawaii, you know, needs the... Um, the regulations to be changed or why they need this amendment to be added uh, in there. So that way, you know, we can get more people, you know, into, into the, yeah, exactly. No. Right, yeah. because this is happening whether Hawaii is a part of it or not. No. Yeah. Um, and like with anything in life, you're never just staying in the same place. You're either moving forward or you're falling behind. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if we do not act on this and, and ensure that at the least um, the companies that can operate now are allowed to continue to operate, you know, I, I would say that's not enough. We have to do more because most companies are still not operating here. Mm -hmm. But if we don't at least allow the con op companies operating here to continue, then um, there is a very real risk that it is the, the people here really do... Um, you know, are, are prevented from making a choice for themselves whether they want to participate or not. Because, you know, if you're still not comfortable with crypto, you still don't really get it, then, you know, you, you, have, you shouldn't do anything that you're not comfortable with. Mm -hmm. But um, it's important that people that are interested and want to learn more and want to participate are not prevented from doing so. Um, and that's why the legislation, you know, it's really important what's about to go into session here, I believe, later this week. Uh, 
And, and even, even that bill is a little problematic, but it is at least a pathway for... It's a start. Um, it's a yeah. pathway for, mm -hmm. for companies to operate here. So, um, you know, it, it's something that we really do care a lot about. All right. Hey, well, thank you for talking to all of us, giving us this very, this was very information for me, as well as hopefully for my audience as well. But um, let's talk about the website. You know, what do you guys do? What do you guys think about like expanding it? Like what, what's the, what's the goal to um, kind of building the website or uh, what do you guys plan on doing in the future? So I guess right now it's, uh, we're, uh, the big one of course is just trying to focus on trying to work well one it's the educational piece right mm -hmm. so um, if you get into the crypto space you it just depends on which route you take you can end up in you know some type of telegram or some type of discord and mm -hmm. it will you will be overwhelmed because you got guys kind of shilling out about um, different type of coins hey you, you know you should jump on top of this mm -hmm. you're gonna see charts on top of there and if you're not you know, accustomed to a lot of it, it's going to be overwhelming. And a lot of times it turns a lot of people off to the space entirely, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I don't understand it's it. Overwhelming it's, it yeah, much. it is. It's yeah. too much. It's too much. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So you lose, you lose out on that. Our thing is to try to bring people in, you know, and try to make it, you know, a little bit more, you know, easier to digest. So, you know, we kind of just walked a lot of the steps, like, you know, Sean's got a great article and, you know, pretty much what he explained here, you know, what is, what is Bitcoin? You know, mm -hmm. what is a blockchain? What is a wallet? Why do you need a wallet? All yeah. those little things. So, you know, you can kind of just kind of the do a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So you can kind of just walk yourself in. And if you start want to start to run, you know, we've got, okay, this is the certain exchanges that are allowed to operate here in Hawaii. You can go to these. And if you want to buy, you know, cryptocurrency, um, you can. Um, but there's the educational piece. And I think the other part, of course, is, you know, trying to work with um, some of the legislature, uh, legislators uh, to be able to help, you know, bring their awareness onto why, you know, it's so important to have something like this here in Hawaii and why, mm -hmm. you know, of course, our regulations have to be, you know, changed to allow this. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and with the website and, and, and the meetup group, what, I, what I've been thinking about that I haven't quite nailed down yet is, is how to turn the commute, how to build more of a community, an active community. We've got the meetup group, which is a semi-active community. Mm -hmm. It's not really meshed with the website. We've pointed to the website, and now I've linked to it on our bi-weekly Google Doc um, that we have for topics. But there, there's some way to develop community more build a stronger community we just started a discord but it's it's not exactly popping yet mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. that i think hasn't been figured out yet mm -hmm. uh so there there's room to grow there um i have an idea that i haven't shared with alika and dustin <laughs> yet but um for now i think we want to continue adding good content to the website mm -hmm. to at least provide a um, a good space for people to learn more about where at least they can get some of their questions answered and then um, you know maybe maybe come to the meetup group too where we can really get into 
anything that anyone mm-hmm. wants to talk the nitty-gritty about. Nitty gritty stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, whatever anyone wants to talk about. We get lots of people come just ask where can they buy crypto in Hawaii. You know, mm-hmm. uh, simple things is fine. It is a safe space for complete newcomers that don't know anything about crypto, and it's also a safe space for crypto nuts to get really, you know, yeah. weird yeah. with it sometimes. Some, some of the guys like they'll. I mean, even for us, some of them are just like talking. Like up here, <laughs> right? Like, wow! In the yeah. last couple months, some really uh, smart people have been have been coming to the meetup groups more often, yeah. um, and so it's been really interesting uh, to see. We've been having some good discussions there, but you know, I think that idea of what th- I, the the community element still feels fragmented to a degree, where I think there's room for something there uh, that we haven't quite nailed yet. I think. Um, a good point for for even like my audience today is the simplicity about you know joining a group to understand how they can get started. I think awareness um, probably is the the start of it because maybe like you were saying before, people might join a a, tele, a Telegram group or a Discord group, and they might just get w- overwhelmed with things and then they quit really early on. Mm. So having something like a discussion, something you know the breakdown or even going to a website and having the breakdown of certain terms blockchains nfts what is cryptocurrency from the baseline uh discussion i think that's helping communities out to understand especially for hawaii then people from hawaii will be able to be more encouraged about getting into the space or even then the community can grow from there yeah you know right because we're definitely not connecting with as many people as we could I mean, not many people are going on meetup.com, you know. (laughs) Uh, I'm surprised that the group has even grown to the 160 members that are on there uh, as it is. But, you know, Alika has, you know, we're we're managing, Alika's managing the How to Crypto Hawaii Instagram, you know, trying to connect through there a bit more now. Um, And so maybe finding better avenues to reach out to people because... People want to learn more. People are interested. Um, it's, it's very clear from the discussions mm-hmm. we've had that people are at least curious. Right. Uh, but how to, you know, how to reach the people um, you know, is sometimes a challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, fellas, thank you again for, for joining me. Um, yeah, this was great. This was great for me. Hopefully my audience is, is picking up a lot from it. It's a lot to take in, but also... I mean, you guys broke it down pretty well. I think a lot of people are going to look at this and be like, okay, now I have a better understanding of it, you know, and um, hopefully, you know, the group gets bigger. The community for uh, cryptocurrency gets bigger here, especially in Hawaii. I mean, one thing I, I, I tell people about Hawaii is Hawaii is a little slower with things versus, you know, the mainland yeah. trends or even clothing lines or even... Um, certain things like you know we don't even have a chick-fil-a here you know but oh but some just got approved but some yeah they're coming exactly (laughs) it's coming but i mean you know chick-fil-a in the mainland it's already a bigger thing already so and then we don't even have an in and out here you know what i mean where's the chipotle yeah where's the where's the chipotle (laughs) it would be popular exactly that's what it was almost past here but i mean i don't know what the heck's i don't know what the heck's going on but the thing is Hawaii is a little slower with things here, but I think awareness is able to kind of help communities 
you know get them up to speed at least and um so yeah thank you for coming on the show and uh one thing we like to do that's why we're called kanpai sugai because we like the kanpai we like to do a cheers at the end so guys and people at home uh you guys can you'll see use the hashtag notice me kanpai uh and, and cheers with us so guys this is to um cryptocurrency this is to a successful year that's upcoming i mean 2022 it's a brighter year um there's been a lot of confusion in these past two years but i think that you know there things are going up like you guys were saying with cryptocurrency things are going up and i think things will be going up for you guys as well so cheers come by you guys come by come by